Okay, well, welcome back to the All About Childhood Cancer podcast. Again, I'm Dr. Jeff, and like I said in the first episode, I'm sorry that you're listening to this podcast, because I'm sorry that children get cancer at all, and I'm sorry that you're listening to it, because likely it means that someone in your life has been touched by one of these terrible diseases. Today, I want to talk about childhood leukemia. In mostly in general terms and some specifics, and then in coming episodes, we can talk about all the different variant forms of childhood leukemia. But leukemia is the commonest form of childhood cancer. Uh, about 30% of um, the cancers that occur in children are indeed leukemia. Um, and furthermore, it's in the treatment of childhood leukemia that really spectacular gains have been made over the last few decades going from a disease that was pretty much incurable in the 1960s through to one where the outlook is is generally very good now. So first let me explain about leukemia and what it is. So I think have you ever had a a lamb chop or a Osso buco, you know, the the veal shin dish, it's an Italian dish. Anyway, if you've ever seen bones that have been cut right through, you'll have seen that bones aren't solid things, but they've got a solid uh, outer wall, that's called the bone cortex, but inside bones is this mushy stuff. The mushy stuff is called bone marrow. Okay, now, what does the bone marrow normally do in life? Well, the bone marrow is where we make blood. So the normal thing is in the bone marrow, there's a population of cells called stem cells, bone marrow stem cells, not the, um, not the embryonic stem cells. We're talking about just bone marrow stem cells. Now, bone marrow stem cells sit there in the bone marrow and they pump out other cells that... Uh, change from one type of cell to another type of cell to another type of cell, and then eventually they turn into the sort of cells that we have running around our bloodstream. So when the cells have matured to the right uh, level of maturity, then the cells are released from the bone marrow and into the bloodstream. And that's what the bone marrow does for a living. It makes the blood cells. So it's making the red blood cells that uh, carry oxygen around our, our blood, They make the white blood cells, and there's several different forms of white blood cell that are made, and they mostly are involved in fighting infections for us. And the bone marrow produces cells called platelets. Platelets are these tiny little cells that are important for blood clotting. So when you cut yourself, the thing that makes the clot form and stop bleeding is the platelet uh, activity and the platelets rushing into the cut and clogging it up. So, that's what bone marrow is meant to do for a living. Now, in leukemia, one of those cells in the bone marrow, whether it's a stem cell or one of the cells that emerges from stem cells, anyway, one of those cells has become malignant. It has become a cancer. Now, uh, so the cell grows from one cell to two cells to four to eight and just keep and divides and divides and divides and divides. And eventually uh, uh, there's a huge, great population of these malignant cells in the bone marrow. Now, because of the nature of bone marrow, bone marrow being mushy stuff, 
leukemia doesn't always form, you know, a solid lump, you know, like most cancers, you think of, of a lump somewhere. Well, leukemia is more like a liquid cancer, if you like. And uh, so in the bone marrow, we'll find uh, that these malignant cells have spread right through the bone marrow and eventually the bone marrow all over the body tends to be infiltrated with these cells. And then what happens is those cells spill over into the bloodstream as well. So uh, when we look at the uh, blood with a microscope, we can see these leukemic cells, the malignant cells, that are now in the bloodstream and circulating around. So what's the effect of all of this? Well, there's two sets of effects of all of this. One set of effects of all of this is that the normal bone marrow stops working properly. So like I said, the bone marrow is in the business of making red cells, white cells and platelets. And those cells all just have a short lifespan and so the bone marrow is constantly pumping out new red cells, new white cells and new platelets. Well, as this uh, leukemic process develops, more and more of the bone marrow comes to be occupied by the malignant cells. And the malignant cells are useless. They don't produce red cells, white cells and platelets. They just take up space. And what happens is that stops the normal bone marrow from doing its job properly. So what happens then is the blood counts drop. So the red blood cell production is impaired. And so as red cells die, which they're meant to do, um, they're not replaced. And so eventually we have what we call anemia. Anemia means you've got a low level of red blood cells. The way we usually measure it is by measuring something called hemoglobin. Hemoglobin is uh, a chemical in red cells. It's the chemical that's carrying the oxygen in the red cells. Well, the basic measure of how many red cells have I got in my bloodstream is measured by measuring the hemoglobin level. So, you know, a normal uh, child, adult even, hemoglobin level is, you know, something above about 120 or 130. It's a bit higher in men, boys. Um, But yeah, something like 120, 130, 150, something like that. Well, In acute leukaemia, we regularly see very low levels of haemoglobin, you know, down to 60 or 50 or 40, very low. And uh, this makes the child pale, uh, can look quite white, and also they have low energy levels because they can't carry oxygen well. The other sort of blood cell that isn't being produced is the white blood cell. So the leukaemia is squeezing out normal marrow function and so uh, the bone marrow isn't replacing white blood cells and so eventually the normal white blood cells in the bloodstream drop and become very low and the effect of that is that uh, the child doesn't have the capacity to fight infection anymore and so uh, infections that should have been readily dealt with by the immune system can't be dealt with And so often children uh, at presentation with leukaemia will have low levels of white blood cells, high fevers and some sort of infection somewhere. And that that can be quite dangerous, actually. Uh, The next thing is the platelet production. I told you platelets are important to uh, stop bruising and bleeding. And a normal platelet count is between 150,000 and 450,000. Something like that. So say 150 to 450, we would say. 
Well, as platelet production is impaired and uh, platelet counts drop, regularly children with leukemia have platelet counts, you know, close to zero. It can be five or 10 or 20. And so that leads to uh, a lot of bruising. And uh, that's a common presentation in uh, uh, childhood leukemia is to turn up with a whole lot of bruises. Uh, but it can also be associated with more severe bleeding, nosebleeds, other bleeds, and uh, uh, all because of impaired platelet production. So there are all the symptoms and signs that you get because the bone marrow isn't doing its job properly. The, the other set of symptoms you get are those that are caused by the leukemic cells themselves. Uh, and what I'm talking about here is that they... Uh, the cells can develop into very high levels in the bloodstream and then infiltrate other parts of the body. Uh, and for some reason, leukemia cells have certain places they prefer to be. Uh, uh, one in particular is the lymph glands. You know, when you get a sore throat, a throat infection, you get those glands that are up in your neck. They're called lymph glands or lymph nodes. They're, that's a normal thing for the lymph nodes to enlarge to fight infection. That's what lymph nodes do for a living. Well, leukemia cells very often like to infiltrate lymph nodes and then those lymph nodes can become very enlarged. So some children present with very big glands around their neck uh, or in front of the heart. There's a, in front of the heart is a, an area called the mediastinum and that's a normal place for some lymphoid tissues to be but those uh, tissues can get infiltrated heavily with leukemia and that can cause uh, a, a very large lump to develop in the mediastinum and compress the uh, you know the bronchi and the trachea etc. Leukemia cells also like to go to the liver and the spleen. The liver is on in your abdomen on the right side up under your rib cage and the spleen's on the other side on the left and these two organs can also become very enlarged with infiltration by leukemic cells. Anyway, the leukemic infiltrates can occur in all sorts of other strange places, sometimes skin, sometimes lumps and bumps elsewhere. Testicles are a, a site in boys of leukemic infiltration, and the spinal fluid is another place. So the, the leukemic cells themselves, as well as impairing the normal marrow function, can cause their own sets of problems by directly infiltrating into different organs. And finally, of course, the fact that they're in the bones like that can cause bone pain because uh, eventually they uh, put the bones under great pressure and this causes uh, bone pain. Okay, next I have to explain to you uh, the difference between acute leukemia and chronic leukemia. Uh, now, most of the time, childhood leukemia is what we call acute leukemia. Uh, more often in adults, uh, we see chronic leukemia. So what do the two words mean? Well, acute leukemia basically refers to a leukemia process which leads to uh, a, a rapid deterioration in, in the child's condition. Uh, what do I mean by rapid? Well, a disease that evolves over just weeks and leads to... Um, you know, various problems just within a matter of weeks. And back in the days before there was any treatment, acute leukemia would, would occur and the child would become sick over a matter of weeks and, and then die uh, untreated. So 
Acute leukemia, I mean, the word sounds scary, doesn't it? Acute. And indeed, untreated, it is scary. Well, uh, the good news is that um, even though children get acute leukemia much more than chronic leukemia, it's, it's with treatment we can actually do uh, better in the treatment of acute leukemia than has been the case treating chronic leukemia. So what's chronic leukemia? Well, chronic leukemias, uh, and again, they're more common in adults, chronic leukemias are uh, leukemias that evolve more slowly. So it takes you know many months and a couple of years for the patient's condition to steadily uh, deteriorate and and uh, and become sick. So yeah, so in adults we talk about chronic myeloid leukemia and chronic lymphoid leukemia. We don't get chronic lymphoid leukemia in children. I've never seen or heard of a case. We do get the occasional case of chronic myeloid leukemia, but really in a big unit like ours, it's you know it might only be one or two such patients in a year. No, uh, children mostly get acute leukemia. And like I said, scary sounding word and very scary disease, particularly before there was treatment. But in the modern era where there is treatment, acute leukemia is the one that will respond uh, rapidly to treatment in the great majority of cases. All right, next thing to talk about is the different types of acute uh, leukemia, the different types of acute leukemia in childhood. So two main types of acute leukemia. One is called lymphoblastic leukemia and the other one is called acute myeloid leukemia. So what do these words mean? Well, remember I was talking about the different uh, stem cells in the bone marrow and the different types of white cells. Okay, so in the bone marrow, in the bone marrow, you have a big granddaddy stem cell that pumps out all the other cells and is capable of making all the different cells. Okay, Remember I spoke about the different sorts of white blood cells that are made in the bone marrow. Well, the big stem cell, the, the granddaddy stem cells in the bone marrow, pump out all the different cells. But eventually some of the ones that are pumped out ended up committed to producing what we call lymphocytes. Lymphocyte is just one different type of uh, white blood cell that circulates in the bloodstream. But there's a whole uh, family of lymphocytes and so we end up from the main stem cell, we end up with the bone marrow containing something called lymphoid stem cells. Well, if one of those cells is the cell that becomes leukemic, the one that becomes cancerous, then you end up with something called acute lymphoid leukemia, or more often we call it acute lymphoblastic leukemia. Okay. And that's the more common leukemia in childhood. That's uh, about five times more common than the acute myeloid leukemia. Now, on the other hand, there's another family of stem cells in the bone marrow called the myeloid stem cells. The myeloid stem cells' uh, normal function is to produce different sorts of white blood cells and the red cells and the platelets. That's what they produce. Well, if it's one of those myeloid stem cells that becomes cancerous, leukemic, well, then you have a case of acute myeloid leukemia. So they're the two main types of leukemia in childhood. Acute lymphoblastic leukemia, abbreviated ALL, and acute myeloid leukemia, abbreviated AML. And like I said, that ALL makes up about 30% of childhood cancer and 
AML is only about one-fifth as common as that. Now, of course, it gets more complicated again. It turns out that that acute lymphoblastic leukemia isn't just one disease, but it's at least seven different diseases. There are seven different forms of ALL that have been well described, and I expect in coming years there'll be uh, 27 or 37 as we learn more about classifying these diseases. And the same with AML. There are different types of AML, some more severe, some less severe, some with a better outlook, etc. So it's all very complicated, and I'll... I'll go into each of these in coming podcasts. Next, I want to talk about how children present with leukemia. What, what makes them go to the doctor in the first place? And what are the findings at initial diagnosis of acute leukemia? Well, it's very variable. There's a whole lot of different presentations that we see uh, But in no particular order, uh, we may see children presenting with all the features of bone marrow impairment or bone marrow failure, we call it. So very pale, for instance, with a low haemoglobin level. We may see lots of bruises because the platelet counts are low. We may see fevers that that persist. Now, as you know, a lot of children get a lot of fevers, uh, coughs and colds and all sorts of things. But I'm talking about fevers that... Um, that persist, you know, and and where there's no good explanation forthcoming for why there's a fever. So that, you know, that's a sign of an impaired immune system from a low white cell count. Children may present with uh, swollen lymph glands, very big lymph nodes in the neck. Now remember, swollen lymph nodes are a normal response to infection and most children who have some enlarged lymph nodes haven't got leukaemia. But when we see a child with massively enlarged lymph nodes, then we do well to do a blood test and to look for any sign of leukaemia. They may present with uh, an enlarged liver, an enlarged spleen that uh, doctors can feel. When you feel the abdomen, you can uh, detect an enlarged liver or spleen. They may present with breathing difficulties if they have a a mediastinal mass, you know, one of those big lymph nodes in the chest uh, in front of the heart. That's the mediastinal mass. They may present with bone pain. Remember I said that leukemia in your bones makes the bones hurt. Uh, So it may be uh, miserable and pain in the bones. And it may be that uh, leukemia presents with lumps elsewhere in the body, lumps in the skin, lumps in the testicles, various other sites. But eventually, uh, having presented with these sorts of symptoms and signs, uh, you know, the useful... First screening test is to do what's called a full blood count, a basic blood count. This is a test that's very readily done in any pathology lab. And what they'll do is uh, look and see, well, what is the haemoglobin level? What is the white blood cell count level? What is the platelet count? And, uh, and in addition, look for any sign of circulating leukemia cells. So there's cells in your bone marrow called blasts. Okay, blasts, those stem cells I was talking about, they're they're blasts and they're meant to live in the bone marrow. They're not meant to be in the bloodstream. So if when we look with a microscope at a blood slide and we see uh, a whole lot of circulating leukemic cells, uh, that is, we see these blast cells, then, then we know that the child has acute leukemia. 
And of course, the level of these leukemic cells in the bloodstream varies widely. There are some patients where the leukemia prefers to stay in the bone marrow and we hardly see any leukemic cells in the bloodstream. Then there are patients where there are very elevated levels of white blood cells that are abnormal, the leukemic blood cells, that are seen in the bloodstream. So if a normal white blood cell count is somewhere between about 3 and 10, okay? In, you know, in leukemia, we might see a white cell count of, a, of 100 or 1,000. You know, we can see massively elevated white blood cell counts and all of those cells being leukemic cells. So that's variable. But basically, if a doctor's suspecting acute leukemia or just wants to rule it out, a, a basic full blood count is a good first step. And if all of the red cells, white cells and platelets are there in normal numbers... And if uh, somebody well qualified looks at the blood slide with a microscope and can't see any leukemic cells, well, that's, that's a pretty good test to say that leukemia isn't likely. Now, it doesn't rule it out completely. There are patients who have completely normal blood counts and the leukemia is only in the bone marrow. Uh, but most of the time, a basic blood count will, will reveal some abnormality that identifies leukemia. The next step, though, if one does suspect leukemia, is to do something called a bone marrow test or a bone marrow aspirate. So if you feel around uh, your back, out to the side there, you can feel your hip bone. That's called the iliac crest at the back, all right? Well, when we do a bone marrow aspirate, normally we give the child a general anaesthetic because it's very painful, but it's a basic procedure and it involves sticking a needle through the skin into that bone and, and into the bone marrow, and then with a syringe just sucking out a sample of the bone marrow. And the bone marrow comes out, it comes out as this sort of mushy liquid, it looks pretty much like blood, but it's not, it's bone marrow. And then we can take those samples and analyze them. And the first thing we do is uh, put some on some microscope slides and look at the bone marrow through the microscope and look to see if we can see leukemia cells. And uh, this is the job of the hematologist or the hematopathologist, if you like. And paediatric oncologists are generally the people that can look at these slides and tell you if there is acute leukemia. And so having done a bone marrow test like that, we can have a pretty good idea within a matter of hours as to whether the child has acute leukemia. Now then all sorts of other tests are done on the bone marrow, have to work out is it lymphoid leukemia or is it myeloid leukemia? And then what form of lymphoid leukemia or what form of myeloid leukemia? And eventually we test for all sorts of DNA changes and all sorts of chromosomal abnormalities in the cells. And all of those tests can take, you know, weeks to come back. But as far as making that initial diagnosis of acute leukemia, it can normally be done within a few hours or a day or two. Usually at the same time as doing that bone marrow, we might do what's called a lumbar puncture. Lumbar puncture is a procedure to take some spinal fluid. You know, it's a bit like having an epidural, but push the needle in just a millimetre or two further and get some spinal fluid, because that's a special place leukaemia can sometimes go to, and so we often get that uh, spinal fluid tested at the same time as the bone marrow because the child's already anaesthetised. Anyway, we'll come to talking about all of that in in subsequent podcasts. Anyway, so now we've had the child as presented with his, his or her symptoms and signs. They've had their abnormal blood tests. We've done the bone marrow test and, and have diagnosed acute leukemia. Well, what happens next is 
that we have to start treating the leukemia. And uh, that will be the subject of several podcasts to come. But in, in short, the treatment of acute leukemia is with chemotherapy, you know, cancer drugs. Chemotherapy is just a fancy name for cancer drugs, cancer medicines. These are very strong medicines and uh, we have to use strong doses. But the only treatment that can treat the leukemia throughout the body is indeed chemotherapy treatment. And uh, that's, like I said, that's a long, long discussion and several further podcasts to go through all of that. Uh, And we will go through that subsequently. As well as starting the drugs, the child may have a very low level of red cells and platelets and so may need a blood transfusion just to top up that haemoglobin level into a safe range. They may be getting a lot of bruising or bleeding because the platelet count is very low. And so sometimes we need to give a transfusion of platelets. You know, when people donate blood at the blood bank, the, uh, the blood bank will separate it into red cells and platelets. So we can just give a bag of platelets. Now, the white cell count will often be low, or at least the normal white blood cells are low. But white cell blood transfusions are not, not very good. They're complicated and a bit dangerous and only used in very specific circumstances. So we don't end up giving transfusions of white blood cells, just red cells and platelets. If we have to uh, respond to the low white cell count, uh, particularly if there's an infection that's being, that has developed in association with the low white cell count, then the treatment is with antibiotics. And we use a lot of antibiotics in the treatment of acute leukemia, and that's a whole separate discussion as well. So anyway, that's a a brief introduction to childhood leukemia. Again, the key points are that the typical childhood leukemias are what we call acute leukemias. And in particular, the more common one is acute lymphoblastic leukemia, or ALL. And then the other one is called acute myeloid leukemia, or AML. And they present with uh, signs of bone marrow function being impaired and often abnormalities on the blood count and often uh, swollen lymph nodes or big livers, big spleens and a few other things. Eventually we need a bone marrow test to diagnose the disease and then we can embark on chemotherapy to treat the disorder. And a hundred years ago when there was no treatment these were Uh, Very terrible diseases indeed, uh, and would lead to the patient dying within a matter of weeks. Well, they remain very terrible diseases, but we are usually very good at controlling the disease in these first weeks. And with our chemotherapy drugs, we can generally get the patient into what's called remission, where we can't see the leukemia anymore, and then go on with further treatment to make sure we wipe it out forever. The majority of children with acute leukemia are cured, but not all, and it is a very long and intensive road to travel as far as treatment is concerned. Anyway, that is my summary on acute leukemia. Uh, More podcasts to come. Uh, Thank you for joining me in this second episode of All About Childhood Cancer. Again, I'm Dr. Jeff, and I look forward to uh, sharing with you some more information in the coming podcasts. Bye now.